Hi there, and welcome to this year's Z Jaipur Literature Festival's Roundup podcast. I'm Eloise, and I'll be bringing you the highlights of the festival today on day two, and for the next five days. It's like a news bulletin, but for stories. Fictional, non-fictional, historical, mythological, Z JLF has got it all. This podcast is powered by Audio Compass, an app with a ridiculous number of cool audio tours for neighborhoods and monuments. So download it on your phones as soon as you can. We're giving away a free three-month subscription. So once you've got it on your phones, type JLF 2017. That's JLF 2017, and you're good to go. If you're at the festival in Jaipur, you can even check out the walks at the City Palace and Amir Fort. So we've got all of that to look forward to. Teamwork Arts produces the festival, which is celebrating its 10th birthday this year. India is also turning 70 this year, so a lot to get excited about. Last night, local band Rajasthani Josh and the Bombay-based Kabir Cafe took to the stage at Clark's Amir. Kabir Cafe was brilliant. You know, they started their set by doing an, a remixed or rather improvised version of the Titan jingle, which was absolutely phenomenal. And then throughout the set, they kept kept changing genres the entire time. So they would go from traditional Sufi songs to things that were more um, rock to something that had more of an electronic base. And that was actually what was truly impressive about them. Oh, nice! Can you give it? Can you sing the Titan jingle for me? Na 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 na. Brilliant. Thank you. Here's Hoshiarena by Kabir Cafe. Hoshiarena de nagar me chor aavega. Jagrat rena de nagar me चोर आवेगा होशियार रहना दे नगर में चोर आवेगा जागृत रहना दे नगर में चोर आवेगा चोर आवेगा एक दिन ओ चोर आवेगा एक दिन काड आवेगा So there you go, just a little taster of last night's music for you there, Hoshiarena by Kabir Cafe. We've still got a pretty badass musical lineup for the rest of the festival. Beth Orton, Sam Amadun, Ragu Dixit Project, Lisa Hannigan, all to look forward to. So keep your ears peeled. But before we get onto those, let's hear a little bit about the incredible journey of the Koinur, the most coveted diamond in history. The Koinur, we think, must have been on the left hand or the right hand peacock there on the top 
of the peacock throne. And it's there for dynastic propaganda. According to the Padshah Nama, in the course of years, many valuable gems had come into the imperial jewel house, each one of which might have served as the eardrop for Venus or would adorn the girdle of the sun. So Lahori then describes how all these diamonds are taken out uh, diamonds have been accumulated by this dynasty over a hundred years are taken out of the treasure house and placed in this one enormous, incredibly valuable, sparkling throne canopy, which cost four times the cost of the Taj Mahal to have constructed. So a ludicrously expensive diamond. That was William Dalrymple, and according to him, the peacock throne of the early 18th century, which was originally built by the Mughals, is the first time we can locate the Koinur with absolute certainty. But William Dalrymple, together with Anita Anand, have tirelessly been tracking its journey since then. Here's Anita Anand with her quick tour of gore starting in the year 1839. So if you look uh, on the top right-hand side, that is Karak Singh, who was the son of Ranjit Singh. And he inherited the throne and the Kohenor and was detested by many people in his court for being loose and not concentrating and not being a great statesman. He was poisoned to death, a slow and horrible death it was too. His son, Nonihal Singh, doesn't even make it past his father's funeral. He's returning from putting the ashes uh, in the river, from washing himself, uh, the ablutions after the cremation, and he's walking through the Hazuri Bagh, which is a garden that Ranjit Singh has created to commemorate his taking of the Kohenor. And mysteriously, in a terrible accident, a block of stone falls and crushes him to death. His mother is beside herself, the Dowager Queen, Chand Kaur, and she immediately seizes the citadel of Lahore and has the gates shut because, not for herself, because it is unseemly for a woman to rule in, in, in this court at this time, but instead for her pregnant daughter-in-law because she may give birth to Nonihal's son and she wants to keep the kingdom for Nonihal's son. Well, the baby is born, but the baby is stillborn. And so this man on the left, Maharaja Sher Singh mobilizes his troops. He's another son of Ranjit Singh from another queen, and he marches on Lahore. And after laying siege to Lahore, a terrible siege where the people of Lahore suffer greatly, she is forced to open the doors and let him in. And he becomes the Maharaja. Now, he knows as long as she's alive, there may still be somebody who takes this Kohenor from his arm and takes his kingdom from underneath him. So he organizes it so that her handmaids while brushing her hair a couple of years later, smash her skull in. He doesn't really make it that much further either. I told you, this is a tour of gore, okay? Four years, and I do enjoy it too much. All right, he thinks I'm a sicko. There may be grounds for this. Uh, but but Sher Singh uh, is killed by his own kinsmen. They come to the palace. They say, you like to hunt. We have a marvelous gun to show you. Bang, whoopsie, sorry, shot you in the chest. Uh, terrible accident. And they also find it very difficult to explain how, bang, whoopsie, we also shot you in the face. And uh, how the, the prince, uh, his son, Sher Singh's son, is found uh, slashed to death somewhere else in the palace. So it goes on and on, and a lake of blood fills the court of Lahore, until the last man standing is not a man at all. Please change the slide. It is a doe-eyed little boy called Dilip Singh. 
find out what happened to Dilip Singh, you're going to have to buy the book, which I'd really like to do myself. It's called Koinord by William Dalrymple and Anita Anand. Meanwhile, up on the press terrace, Lou Tomlinson, our blog editor, was having a chat with Anne Waldman. On the eve of Donald Trump's inauguration, let's just say she's not in a very optimistic mood. But she does have a solution. Our society is failing. There are no nets to help people. Noam Chomsky talks about this somewhere, just the recent situation under Trump, the that all these things that you could count on, I mean, not entirely, but are, co- are coming unraveled. And we're going to see a lot, of, a lot more suffering, a lot of sick people, a lot of poor people, a lot of dispossessed people, more people in the street. Even right after the election, there were more people homeless in New York. So it's, it's going to, this is just the beginning of the Kali Yuga from some point of view, I think. Yes, it's going to get worse. That's an age of darkness. Yeah. And I think it's, it was supposed to come a little later, but we're starting early. And fast it's track. going to, uh, fast track, exactly. <laughs> fast track Kali Yuga. And so it's more important to wake up now. What, what, what are we waiting for? So in a way, and, would you say if there's one thing an individual should focus on, it's waking up and getting... Yes, but mentally how to wake up yeah. and also working with your projections. Yeah. Project, project. But the point is, I think, to keep, remember, you're projecting. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet. This is what you can do. It's very important that people work with their minds. You're working on body, speech, and mind, you know, being able to hold, hold the space. Words of advice from poet Anne Waldman. But in some cases, and especially over here in India, that can be really difficult to do. Let's zoom over to the last session of the day. Gambits and game changers, re-looking the Indian economy, which, as you've probably guessed, is about the recent demonetization in India. How do you explain the fact that there's been so little protest? Is it, is it fatalism? Is it what people have said to me? But we're used to shortages. We're used to shortages. There's just shortage of money. Or is it because they think that the rich are being got at, which they're not because 97% of the money's gone back to the bank, and the corruption will continue as it has done. What is it that stopped any serious political protest apart from Ramadan Banerjee in West Bengal? Because black money like corruption, or like many of the other catchwords, is something which completely reduces you to a defendant. If you say anything, ten goons come and say, how dare you talk against corruption? So you say, okay, yes, you must sacrifice for the nation. So when these goons come and there's a lot of the social pressure now, many people have been beaten up even in the middle class for saying frankly on television that it's, a, it's something that shouldn't be done. So there is a certain degree of physical fear. The second thing is when you're standing in front of that bank morning, noon and night to make sure that your children get food, make sure that your ill people, many have died by the way, get to hospital and get that care taken, you are there to see for the small social necessities of a marriage or a birth or whatever, where is the time to mobilize? So you really hurt them at a point where you really can't get them even to sit and think properly in a group. So people are sleeping, even today, in the bank and beam, which is on the way to Udaipur. People stand and you can see the miles and miles of queues of people wanting to get money. So that's one reason. The second reason is, that people have been told that if you keep quiet and don't protest, you'll get that 15,000 rupees we promised in your bank account. So yeah, we're still waiting to see whether that materialises. 
that was Aruna Roy and John Elliott getting to the nitty-gritty of demonetization. A lot of food for thought today, peppered with juicy stories, of course. Malian singer Inamoja and Bombay reggae band Bombay Basement are on the Clark's Amir stage tonight, so looking forward to a bit of a boogie. I'm Eloise, this is the Z Jaipur Literature Festival, and this podcast is powered by Audio Compass. Thanks for listening, and see you tomorrow for another 10-minute nugget of all the festival highlights.